Hallelujah. Shout a better hallelujah. If you are excited to be in the house of the Lord, will you rise on your feet and shout a big hallelujah? Amen. It looks like we should just continue to worship and uh, just let God be God and all men be liar. Hallelujah. Let's take one more song and sing to the Lord, and I want us to worship, and in the atmosphere of worship, create the atmosphere for God's miracle to be made manifest in our midst, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't know if we remember that song. Take me past the gate of praise into the holy place past the brazen altar Want to see your praise. Take me past the place of people into your holy place. Lord, I hunger and thirst for your righteousness, but it's only found in one place. So take me in to the holies of holy. come into your holy presence 
by the blood of the Lamb. And we ask in the name of Jesus that the entrance of your word will grant unto every man and every woman your understanding. Bible said you sent forth your word and your walls healeth and delivereth. That your world will go forth today and heal every broken heart. Heal wherever there is need for healing. Deliver where there is need for deliverance. Second, the prey of the mighty be delivered and the lawful captive of the righteous be taken. Say, so, yes, even the prey of the mighty shall be delivered and the lawful captive of the righteous, of the tyrant, shall be rescued. We declare a rescue by the power of your angelic mission this morning. Let there be deliverance in every home, in every life, in every situation. Let there be the manifestation of the power of your resurrection and let your people rejoice. To the glory and to the praise of your holy name and the people of God will say, Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Please be seated. I'm going to read from the book of Genesis. Very familiar scripture. And I will read Genesis chapter 1 from verse number 26 through 28 in the message version and also read Genesis chapter 2. In Genesis chapter 1, God spoke in verse 26, God spoke, let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature so that so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself, and every animal that moves on the face of earth. God created human beings. He created them God-like, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female, and God blessed them. Listen to this. Prosper, reproduce, fill earth, take charge, be responsible for fish in the sea and balls in the air, for every living thing that moves on the face of earth. Hallelujah. In the uh, King James Version, the pronouncement of blessing says, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion. Hallelujah. Now, this was the first blessing that proceeded out of the mouth of God after he created human beings. Amen? And we want to pay attention to that prophetic utterance that says, be fruitful. Hallelujah. We want to look at that and see what it means to be fruitful and how we can 
actually walk with God and manifest his word. Amen? We all agree that there is no word that proceeds out of the mouth of God that can go back to him void without accomplishing the purpose for which it has been spoken. Amen? And so we're going to look at that briefly and see how God will help us to manifest the word of prophecy that has been spoken for us. Over the, the past few months, or maybe over a year now or so, we've been talking about grace. We talked about the grace of God. We, um, we, we said several things. And uh, if you're like me, there are so much you can really uh, retain as touching the word of God that you hear on the daily basis. Amen? The only one that you retain is the one that actually manifests in your life. You will never forget that one. Hallelujah. And so I'm trusting that the Lord will we, we, we enable us and help us so that the word of God that comes to us will become rema. It will become living. It means so much that we will never forget. Why? Because we will live it out. It will manifest. And you will never forget it once it manifests. Amen? So we talked about grace. And grace of God is the ability of God that is bestowed upon us so that we can be who God wants us to be and do what God has created us to do. I'm going to say that again. The grace of God is the ability of God that is bestowed upon us so that we can be who God wants us to be and we can do what God wants us to do. In other words... Grace is a helper. Amen? Great, I mean, grace helps us to be who God wants us to be and to do what God has created us to do. Amen? So I want us to pay attention to those things because there are so much you can retain when you hear so many messages. Hallelujah. But let it suffice to say that grace is an ability of God. It helps you do what you naturally wouldn't be able to do. It helps you be who you naturally wouldn't be able to be. That's why the Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith. You will never, ever be able to save yourself. Grace does that for you. Helps you to get salvation. Amen? Hallelujah. And so grace is a helper. And I want us to ensure that we keep that in mind. Hebrews chapter 4 in verse 16, I will read it. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16, it says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Grace is a helper. The grace of God is available unto us to help us to be who God wants us to be and to do what God wants us to do. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. I'm going to read that as well. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Hallelujah. Grace is a helper. And you don't need help if you are not doing anything. 
Now, I'm going somewhere with this. Grace is a helper. It is the ability of God bestowed on us to be who God wants us to be and to do what God has created us to do. In all these scriptures, you see there is a recurrence of a word, which is help. If you ain't doing anything, you don't need any help, do you? You need help only when you are doing something. So grace is available for those who are doing something, not those who are doing nothing. The grace of God does not and will not work if you're doing nothing. Because I've seen the several, several messages and scriptures have been preached to us. And the Bible has said, just like in Hebrews chapter 4, he said the same word that was preached to them of old was preached to you, but it profited them not. Why? It does not meet with faith in their heart. And faith without work, the Bible says, is dead. Grace only works for those who need help. The only people that need help are those doing something. If you're not working, you're not doing anything, you don't need help. You don't need help to sleep. You just lie down to sleep. Grace is only available to help. Hallelujah. I want that to sink. So that we don't begin to look at the word of God as if it's not working. This grace thing, I don't understand. You have to be doing something for grace to work for you. The grace of God is a helper. Hallelujah. We are going to look at the first blessing that God pronounced. Be fruitful. You cannot be fruitful if you are doing nothing. The word be fruitful is a pronouncement, a, a prophetic utterance from the mouth of God. It carries with it the power of God to make it manifest. <sighs> a woman and a man. If you take fruitfulness in the literal, a woman and a woman, and a woman and a man, who will not walk at night. Fruitfulness in that sense cannot manifest. Do you get that? I want to bring it home so we understand. If a woman and a man comes to church Monday through Friday, or Monday, uh, Sunday by Sunday, 24 by, by 7, 365 in a year, pray and fast, it will not work. The grace for that fruitfulness is when they do something. When they do the work. Is that clear? I, I think we got it, right? I don't have to go into some graphical details. Hallelujah. Be fruitful. The grace of God is available. It accomplished that prophetic utterance from the day God spoke it forth. For it to work for us as believers, we're going to pray and fast, but we're going to do more than that. Grace is a helper. 
it is available to help those who are doing something. Hallelujah. We have talked about rest and labor. So that we don't say it's not working. We need to understand that rest in God does not mean you do nothing. The distinction between entering into rest and laboring, when you are laboring, you are working by yourself and for yourself. When you enter into rest, you are walking, walking, and walking with God and for God. I'm going to say that again. Laboring is when you are walking and you are working, doing work by yourself and for yourself. When you enter into God's rest, you're walking with him and you're walking for him. So rest does not mean do nothing. Do we get that? It means you are no longer worrying. Why? Because even when I pass through the shadow and the valley of the shadow of death, he is with me. So I'm working with him, and I'm working for him. So I will get to the accomplishment of the task because he is with me. So I don't have to worry. Hallelujah. Because we have talked so much about it, and I'm trusting God that these words we manifest, we work for us in the name of Jesus. All of this good news, your past is settled, your present is secure, your future is assured. Lest we say it's not working, it is contingent upon the fact that you are sons and daughters of the living God. There's no question about it, there's no controversy about it, it is done. But you need to believe it. You need to have faith in it. Unbelief is the greatest robber that will rob believers in Christ Jesus of everything that God is set out to do. Amen? I'm taking some time to do this because the word of God that is coming unto us has the efficacy to manifest the plans and the purposes of God in our lives. We need to pay attention and we need to walk it. Tell your neighbor, we need to walk it. We need to walk it. Sitting down, hearing, praying, fasting, excellent. There's one more step. Action. Walk it. We cannot do the same thing over and over and expect a different result. 
narrow. Be fruitful. That's the prophetic utterance. And unbelief will rob those who will not believe the word of God. Amen. We have millions of examples. I'm not going to bore you with that. In Matthew chapter 17, in verse number 20, the disciples, they were unable to accomplish a task that was brought to them. And they asked Jesus, why couldn't we do it? Why could we not cast it out when they were supposed to cast out a demon? And Jesus said, because of your unbelief. But I want to, sh I want to show you in message version. Because that word unbelief so it doesn't come Clear enough. Look at message version. Matthew 17, verse 20, in message translation. Look at what it says. Because you are not yet taking God seriously. Now, that's, that's a layman term for unbelief. You are not yet taking God seriously. That's what he told the disciples. I want to trust that the Lord will help us to begin to take him seriously. Every word that comes out of the mouth of God, we have to take it seriously. We have to take it seriously. When we begin to take God seriously at his word, it's going to work for us. Amen? It will work for us in the name of Jesus. When God created man, he said, be fruitful. It is as good as done. Whatsoever you will do, you have the ability of God to be fruitful. But watch it. You are only going to be fruitful. If you're doing something. When God created Adam and said be fruitful in Genesis chapter 2 verse number 15. Guess what God did? Because if Adam will not do nothing. Then that word be fruitful will be difficult to manifest. Let me read to you chapter 2. In verse number 15, Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, God took the man and set him down in the garden of Eden to do what? Work the ground and keep it in order. In chapter 1, verse 26, he said, be fruitful. If you don't plant a seed, it will not grow. If the seed doesn't grow, it cannot yield fruit. So God knew right from the beginning what he was saying. Because he has created us and he has said to us, take charge of the earth. He wants us to be fruitful in everything we do. I mean, everything we do. Give me that slide, please. Anything at all 
from before the foundation of the earth, the moment God created human being, the word be fruitful was never used in the scripture until God puts a life in a thing. Go back to Genesis and see, the first time God pronounced be fruitful was when he put a life. He created some of the uh, animals and put lives in them. Lives come, comes with fruitfulness, amen? Life comes with fruitfulness according to God's design. God created human being and put life in us. And he said, be fruitful with the life I have given you. Hallelujah. And fruitfulness will be manifested in two blocks of life. In the family and in the world. You see it exactly how it was done in Genesis when God created Adam and Eve. The first thing God did was to create a family. After he said in Genesis chapter 1, be fruitful, he created the garden and then he created the world. I mean the family. It was in that same chapter 2, a moment after he placed him in the garden, he said, it is not good for a man to be alone. <laughs> then I will find him a helpmate. So the word fruitfulness was to be manifested in the garden and in the family. That's what God planned. Meaning that I will see fruitfulness. You want to say that to yourself. I will see fruitfulness in my family. And I will see fruitfulness in the garden that God has created for me. Your job, everything you do outside of your home. It's your garden. It's a niche that God has created for you. It does not matter what you do in life. It's in the garden. It's a garden. God has placed you in that garden, and the prophetic word in Genesis chapter 1, be fruitful, covers that garden. It covers the family. We need to understand that that was the plan of God from the beginning. It has not changed. God will not change his mind concerning what he proposed to do. We want to see manifestation of fruitfulness in our family because it is the design of God. We want to see manifestation of fruitfulness in the garden that God has given unto us. Every garden he has placed us in. You may be a doctor. You may be an engineer. You may be a, um, uh, a real estate mogul. Whatsoever it is. You may be in the government. You may be in the entertainment industry. It doesn't matter. It is the garden that God has created. And he puts us there with the intention that we will be fruitful. We will we produce? What does it mean to be fruitful? Let me give you some dictionary words that I looked up. You don't need a Bible degree to look up this in the dictionary. I simply looked it up in the dictionary. And it said, fruitfulness, other antonyms, <coughs> synonyms for fruitfulness. Productive. To be fruitful means to be productive, to be fertile, to be rich, to be prolific, abundant, successful, profitable, rewarding. In our family, the word be fruitful means be productive. 
be fertile, be rich, be prolific, be abundant, be successful, be profitable, be rewarding. Is that, is that happening in your family? That's the way we want to look at this because we want to see how God will help us to manifest it. In your family, in my family, is it true that we are fruitful? Are we prolific? Are we rewarding to our family? Can your family say you are rewarded to us? Are we rich to our family? That's the question. God wants us to be all this. He wants us to be. He wants us to be abundant to our family. And the same thing in our garden, the place of job, of work, the profession, our business, whatever we do. God wants to see this manifested. Amen? Amen? Let's, let's look at the next slide. So to accomplish this, there are two processes, the spiritual and the physical. I can guarantee you we have done so much on the spiritual side. Where we are missing is the physical. In every relationship, in every family, there needs to be the spiritual sector. There needs to be the physical sector. Otherwise, fruitfulness will not still work. It's going to be one way if all we do is pray and fast and do nothing after that. Listen to wonderful messages, promises of God that we listen to Sunday in, Sunday out, and we do nothing with it. There is need for the earth to cooperate with the heavens. That's why there is a spiritual factor and there is a physical factor. If all God said in Genesis was for Adam to be fruitful and there was no garden, how will it work? It's not going to work. God didn't design it that way. And if all he did was to create a garden and there's no family, work, 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 no family, it still won't work. There won't be fruitfulness. The grace of God is bestowed upon the word of God. And when we're in consonance with the word of God, the grace manifests for us. Amen? So there is a spiritual factor and there is a physical factor. We have to cooperate on both ends. Amen? Hallelujah. I'll make it a little bit more clearer as we proceed. That's why the Bible says faith without work is dead. It's dead. The work, again, is working with God and working for God. Not on your own. But if you do nothing, Grace has nothing to help. Fruitfulness has nothing to reproduce. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So there has to be the spiritual and the physical. Next slide, the last slide. What we need to do that God wants to show us quickly in the remaining few minutes we have today is that in the spiritual, we are born again. Thank God for that. But God is calling us to do a little bit more. 
to attain unto success, to attain unto fruitfulness, God wants us to do some things that we want to look at quickly. We have, we have faith. We are born again. It's called the basic faith. The scripture in 2 Peter, as we read, say, add to your basic faith. There is need to add some of the things that God has defined to our basic faith. Because God said, when you do those things, you will never be unfruitful. If you don't add those things to your basic faith, you see half a basic faith, you might not be fruitful. Hallelujah. And so we want to look at what we are supposed to add to our basic faith. God wants us to press in. God wants us to do some things more in, his, in relationship with him. It cannot just be a casual thing. Just I'm born again and that's it. No. God is not looking for that. And you will see it in Genesis. The Bible said in the cool of the day, God will come down and fellowship with Adam. God don't like casual relationship. God is looking for intimate relationship. He said, add to your faith. And there are some things that God wants to teach us in order to enhance that relationship. And he said, when we have those things, he said, we will never be unfruitful. It's like a blank check to me. Hallelujah. I want to look at those quickly. We are supposed to add something to work. It is not enough just to do the bare minimum and be expecting the prophetic utterance of fruitfulness to manifest in our work or vocation. No. No. God is not raising lazy brats. No. No, 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 no. Enough for Christians just waiting for manna from heavens. We're praying, we're fasting, we do bare minimum, and yet we want to take charge. We want to be in charge. It's not going to happen. The grace of God is not available for that. To be in charge, according to his word, it requires something from us. We need to add to our basic normal work the word called diligence. Diligence. I'm going to run through it quickly. See thou a man who is diligent in his duty. He shall not stand before men, men but before kings. To be fruitful, to be in charge in your place of work, and the person you work for, if you work for yourself, God says, add to that bare minimum diligence. Diligence. If everyone is sleeping eight hours a day, and you are sleeping eight hours a day, you cannot do but the bare minimum. You have to create extra time to do more if you're going to be diligent. Listen to me, students. If you are not the first in your class, if you are not leading your mates, you have work to do. There is still more for you to do. 
You need to have that vision. The God said, I should be fruitful. He has placed a demand on me to be fruitful. And he track in times of work, the physical activity that is required. You need to be diligent. As a student, you see, when I was, when I was a student, when I was in a high school, you know, we brag. You know, we used to struggle. Some of us that are in the first 10, right, or first five, I used to be in that corner. Do you know what I regret after? I never let, led my, my group. He said I'm second or third. He said I'm fourth or fifth. When I begin to realize that, that was some complacency, and I thought I was doing well. Why did no one tell me my focus should be to lead the pack? Because that's what God said, take charge. He said, take charge. I should not be complacent or be, be satisfied if I'm not taking charge. That would have helped me to do more. But I didn't know that. I want us to create an opportunity and begin to teach our younger ones, teach our children, that if you are not leading your classmates, you tell me why. And help them with all the tools they need. Sow the vision and let them know that's where God wants them to be. You'll see in a minute, I hope I won't run out of time. Because God wants us to take charge. You will see it is in our fruitfulness that God designed for his glory to be made manifest. It is when we shine, when we are in charge, that God actually designed that people will know him through that. How did people know in the times of Daniel, if Daniel was not the excellent among the excellent, how would people in Egypt know who God is if Joseph did not surpass his mate? It is in our fruitfulness when we succeed at work and we just do the extra and we are excellent. That's how God is trying or waiting to manifest himself. We'll see it in the scripture in a minute. So bare minimum, we not cut it. In the place of work, it will not cut it. If you are looking for a job, or if you're looking for promotion, you need to do extra. You need to do more. Bare minimum doesn't carry the grace. That's what everybody does. It is when we set out to do more, that God said yes, and the grace is available for help. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is more than enough evidence in the scripture, I'm not going to go into that, that God wants us to succeed, and God wants us to be fruitful. It's already said in Genesis, we saw that. Even um, in John, in the book of John chapter 15, if you have time, you can read that because my time is running out now. You will see as new believers, not only in Genesis, as new believers, God is interested in our success, in our fruitfulness. He said, as long as we are yoked with him, remember last Sunday? As long as we are yoked with him, we will bear fruit. He said we will be fruitful. And as long as we are being fruitful, guess what? The father only prunes those who are fruitful. Keep in mind, the father will only prune those who are fruitful. 
When we are producing fruit, God will begin to add more grace. Why? He wants more fruit. He said, because this is how the Father is glorified, in that you are fruitful. God's interest is at stake when we are not fruitful. He wants us to be fruitful because that's how he will be glorified. So there's no question about it. That God wants us to be fruitful. But he gave us some things that he wants us to do. Abide in me and I will abide in you. My word will abide, let my word abide in you. And then you'll be fruitful and your fruit will remain. Amen. I know I'm running out of time, so I want to quickly rush to finish this. We can talk about it more on Wednesday and dig deeper and answer some questions. The building blocks of fruitfulness, like I said, in the family circle and in our work circle, are two, the spiritual and the physical. And we want to quickly look at what God wants us to add to the spiritual side. And I've already mentioned what we should add to the physical, which is diligence. In 2 Peter chapter 1, 2 Peter chapter 1, um, if you, you can start from verse number 1, but I'm going to jump quickly because of my time um, to verse number 8. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 8. So don't lose a minute in building on what you've been given, complementing your basic faith with good character, spiritual understanding, Alert discipline, passionate patience, reverent wonder, warm friendliness. We can all use more of that. And generous love. There's no time. We will not dip into this. But these are the things that God listed that we must use to supplement our basic faith. Having been born again, in order to move to the next level, so that we can have success and be fruitful, he said we should add all these things to our basic faith. He said, without these qualities, you can't see what's right before you. Oblivious that your whole sinful life has been wiped off the book. I think it's in the King James Version of that, that he says, when you have this, you will not be unfruitful. And if God said that, it's a done deal. So we need to dig deeper into all these things that God is asking us to add to our basic faith. And we will see several other scriptures uh, or scriptural references that I don't have time to go to. But suffice it to say that God is saying that we are created to be successful. We are created to be fruitful, to be productive, to be rich, to be abundant, to be rewarding, to be prolific. That's who we are. That's our identity. To manifest it, the scripture clearly states that you need to add diligence to your work in order to make that manifest in the place of work. You need to add some basic, um, some character, um, some virtue into your basic faith to make it work in the spiritual side of it. Let me just see if we can take one more on the physical side. I want to read 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians 3, from verse number 6. 2 Thessalonians 
3 from verse number 6. He said, our others, oh, sorry, our others, backed up by the master Jesus, are to refuse to have anything to do with those among you who are lazy and refuse to walk the way we thought you. Don't permit them the free to, to freeload on the rest. We showed you, we showed you how to pull your width when we were with you. So get on with it. We didn't sit around on our hands expecting others to take care of us. These are apostles, okay? In fact, we walked our fingers to the bone. Up half the night, moonlighting, so we wouldn't be burdened with taking care of us. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't need to speak more. Read it when you get home. These are apostles. Apostles. Say, they walk really hard. They sleep less. The first time I caught this revelation, I don't sleep eight hours anymore. No. You can ask my wife. My sleep is between five to six hours. I caught two hours so that I can use it. Because 24 hours is just not enough. So when I saw this, I caught two hours. So when I go to bed, doesn't matter what time it is, I'm going to wake around 3.30 or 4. Yeah. So between that time and before I start the day work, I have two hours that I can spend. And that's all God is asking us to do. Because we can't say because we're Christians. And so we get a free pass and to excellence. You get a free pass to become the president. You get a free pass to become the first in your class. No, it's not going to happen. There's no grace for that. There's grace upon diligence. When God you know, realized that you have been doing as you are taught. The grace will activate. I guarantee you it works. In 2015, I set a goal that I was going to do the three most difficult certifications in my field. In 2014, I was going to accomplish it in 2016. It takes people several years to do. I did it. I didn't know I could until this scripture came to life. Yeah. I relaxed. And that has helped me in my profession. Diligence is the only thing that is going to take us up. We don't get a free pass for being Christians. God expects diligence. As students, you have to create more time to study. That's all I did. So I used the time to study, study the Bible, study those things that I need to study. Otherwise, the busyness of the day will not allow you to do nothing. Hallelujah. Are you with me on that? Let's rise on our feet. <clears throat> Hallelujah. <clears throat> I want us to talk to God <clears throat> this afternoon. Or oh, is it morning? It's afternoon. Whatever time it is. God said, be fruitful. It is the Commandment of God. It's a prophecy. In our home and in our world, our garden, 
a niche that God has given you. Business, maybe profession, whatever it is. That is the word for you. That's your niche. I want us to talk to God about those two sectors that God uniquely designed for us. And promise God we will do all the work that is necessary. And we do all that we need to do to add to our basic faith. We want the manifestation of God's fruitfulness across board in every aspect of our family life and our work life. I want us to ask God this afternoon, under the grace that is available for us, that God will wrought his miracle on this aspect of our lives. But we are making a commitment. We can't be doing the same thing over and over and expect a change. We're making commitment to pressing further. Don't be satisfied with the basic. The word of God that we have listened to and that we have heard, we want to take hold of it and use it. And as we're doing that on the spiritual side, we want to do the diligence that is required on the physical side. And God will be God. Talk to God. Just, just talk to God. Talk to God. Be fruitful. That's what God said. And it shall manifest according to his word.